0: For more on Mali and Islamism in Africa in general, we now turn to Michael Shirkin. He's a political scientist at the RAND Corporation. In his past work in the intelligence community, he focused heavily on Africa. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much. What do we know about Islamist groups in Africa? What kinds of associations do they have with groups that we are well aware of, like al-Qaeda, uh, that have posed a threat to Americans both here on U.S. soil and abroad?
1: I think in general we don't know much about Islamist groups in Africa because they operate in an environment that I think few Americans have much insight into. Within Africa, there's think about it as sort of like an Islamic public sphere. Imagine a world in which a culture is just sort of imbued with Islam and politics are sort of wrapped up in Islam and identities wrapped up in Islam and let's say political discourse is going to sound a lot like an Islamic discourse. Uh in some places also wrapped up within an ethnic and racial discourse as well. Certainly that's the case in, in northern Mali. Now within that there are movements and tendencies, something very disturbing. It's very hard for us to understand it because it's happening in a context in which the participants all get the mm-hmm. references. They understand what's going on. And for us it's more like we're in what is it, like Plato's Cave where, you know, we see these shadows, <laughs> and it's like, Oh my god, that looks like Al Qaeda. Is it? And sometimes these groups actually sort of encourage this, right? Because they're going to go and they're going to call themselves Taliban. They're going to call themselves Hezbollah, They're going to call themselves Al-Qaeda in the Islamic Maghreb, which, of course, gets us very alarmed. There is a radicalization going on. And I think that it's fair to say that in this Islamic public sphere that one finds in West Africa, there is a clear tendency to challenge traditional forms of Islam in that it challenges these traditional forms of Islam, it looks a lot like sort of Salafi or Wahhabi Islam. Hmm. And sometimes it might be, or it might be inspired by. It's very unprecedented. Uh, When when, one reads about Mali and Mali and Islam the way it was 40 years ago, and then what one reads about what's going on now, and even in the the capital, in Bamako and places like that, you realize that things are changing, and a lot of assumptions that one might have made about, let's say, West African Islam. For instance, there's a cliché that West African Islam is kind of benign, Sufi, humane. And there's some truth to all of that, but at the same time, those assumptions can no longer necessarily be made.
0: Let me take you back a little bit because you've told us that things are not necessarily as they seem or as we may interpret them automatically because of what we know about other groups. So can, can you talk us through how some of these groups that we're not as familiar with, how they are different? From those that we, we are know more about,
1: right? I can give you a few examples. One is the Al Qaeda in the Islamic Maghreb. It's originally an Al- Algerian insurgency group. Uh, used to be called the the GSPC, which is sort of the French acronym. Nasty group of people, certainly terrorists. You know, they're a bona fide terrorist group, and they only called themselves, they rebranded themselves, the Al Qaeda in the Islamic Maghreb. Uh, I think it was in 2006. And what happens now is when people read about this, that because they're calling themselves that, then people think that's that, right? This is Al-Qaeda. But one has to ask, well, what is the connection? Do they have the same agenda? And And what's the answer? The answer is... um, not really. It's hard to suss out the relationship, but I've not seen much evidence to suggest that it's a very strong relationship. An Algerian insurgency is different from this sort of internationalist al-Qaeda that's bent on sort of creating this larger emirate of the entire you know, Islamic world or in mm-hmm. you know, this huge global jihad. It's a much narrower objective. Uh, are there similarities with other groups that are operating in that same area? Let me talk about uh, two different organizations. One is this organization called Ansar Deen, uh, which is a Malian organization. It's Islamist. Another one that Fatah is referred to by the French acronym of Mujau, which is based nowadays mainly in Gao. Ansar Dine is largely run by Tuareg leader, and there's sort of like a Tuareg leadership to it. And Mujau is an Arab Malian entity. So on a certain level, it looks like well, these are jihadists, these are Islamists. But when you start to kind of peel back the
0: layers, and things become a lot more complicated. When we look at all the different groups that are out there, it's very hard not to look at what's happening, say, in northern Mali and say, that looks just like Afghanistan. Right, right. Is that what's happening? Is, is that a concern that, that we should have? Or, you know, are, are we thinking in a cliched direction? I think we should be concerned, but we should be
1: concerned about two things, the sort of this fragmentation of the society in places like northern Mali. And then we should be concerned about this whole rapid evolution of Islam in, in West Africa, which has taken many permutations, some of which are quite benign. But as things are happening fast, then there's this possibility for some of these movements to sort of take a bad turn. And so there's a greater probability that, that it will happen. And then there needs to be a lot more thought put into how to kind of, keep tabs on all of it but also how to find ways to influence it in positive ways but this isn't about sort of any kind of military solutions or anything like that that's about the sort of cultural thing how do you engage with these cultures such that uh, one can communicate better with it help shape the public opinion or the public debates or at least dispel some of the bad things
0: michael Shirkin is a political scientist at the rand corporation thanks so much for helping us out today my pleasure This hour, Islamism in Africa, was produced by Hilary Hewler, Katrina Hoje, Sam Olukoya, Martha Little, and A.C. Valdez, with additional production help from Flawn Williams. You can hear past programs by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. You can find us on the TuneIn or Public Radio International apps, or visit our website, americaabroad.org. Support for this show is provided by Public Radio International stations and listeners like you. This program is also made possible by the generous support of the Stewart Family Foundation. I'm Tess Vigland, and this is America Abroad from Public Radio International.
1: PRI, Public Radio International.